the National Council on Aging. With just a few clicks, you can see if you qualify for thousands of dollars to pay for food, medicine, utilities, and more. Benefitscheckup.org. You've earned this. This message is supported by the Administration for Community Living. Well, good morning and welcome to Saturday in the Studio. And we are in the studio today. I'm in the studio, Tom King, and along with Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates, who is in the studio this week. This is great. Barely. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's cold up north. It's, you know, warm and comfy inside. Uh-huh. You know. Maybe could have, you know, left a few minutes earlier in order to get here and, I, you know, not be scrambling around, huffing and puffing I, as you I ran work, up the stairs. I work hard at my craft, Tom, uh-huh. and, yeah. and I got away. Yeah, I realized something last night, by the way. Uh-huh. So we're sitting at our friends, and they may be listening at this point in time. We're sitting at their house, and we had some dinner, and and he says, I got some new drugs. I'm like, you do? He goes, well, yeah, it's uh, anti-inflammatory. They work really, really well in taking the pain out of your knees. And I'm thinking to myself, this would have been a lot different at 20. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you're finally starting to get old, Tom, is when you're excited about new anti-inflammatory so you can walk. And by the way, they work out really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it works out good. 715-845-2155. We are here to take your financial questions about your portfolio as we head into the election, as we head into the new year, as we head into uh, a weekend where we have Halloween, a full moon, uh, an extra hour of this crappy year as the clocks go back tonight. Um it's one of those weekends. And an election, well, which is the scary part of the whole thing. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's happening as well. Uh, so give us your calls and your questions. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Jim Kramer. I know he's uh, you're a big fan of Jim Kramer from CNBC. I like him, yeah. He said on Friday uh, he was more positive on the quarterly earnings reports of technology titans Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook than the stocks move that followed. But of all the companies, he said uh, that Google parent Alphabet – Turn in the best quarter in his mind. It's the stock. Uh, if he could only buy one of those, it would be it would be Google. It would be Alphabet. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? And I mean, and first of all, I mean, most of us can't afford to buy those stocks anyway, can we? Absolutely can. I mean, there, there's a, there's yeah any stock right now. In fact, um, boy, I can't think of the brokerage house, but there's a brokerage house that just started partial shares. So if you want to buy a half a share or something, you can. yeah, yeah, um, um, uh, which is you know kind of interesting to me. I mean, why wouldn't you buy the whole thing? Nonetheless. Um, but we can. I mean, you can. You can still continue to to afford to purchase those stocks if you want to buy an individual stock. So that part of it's not not an issue. But you know, one thing we have to look at is 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 business is doing pretty well, folks. You know, we look at the GDP this past quarter, um, and uh, you know, just as we went down, and I forget forget the exact number that we went down in GDP for the second quarter. I think it was thirty five and some change, Tom. I'm going from memory here. So we went down. We came up 33.1. Don't get me wrong. We didn't come up to, to hit it, but very much a V-shaped recovery on the way back up. And the part that's amazing about this is that it looks like the fourth quarter is also doing well. So doing my research and reading this morning, so this comes from a couple of articles as well as Brian Westbury from uh, First Trust Chicago. Um, uh, but cars and homes are still taking off, and it looks like we could have a a fourth quarter that's going to be up some 4.3, which, by the way, folks, 4.3 is really big. 33 is insane, and that's, of course, part of the V-shaped recovery. And we could have a really good fourth quarter as well coming up, um, which continues to solidify that the economy continues to keep growing and expanding. We hope we want to, I want to have it keep going in that direction. And yet the market is schizophrenic as usual. Well, you know, it's, it's just crazy. I had a really hard time this morning, Tom, in the sense that do you realize how much work you have to do to try to get information about the markets, the economies, to prepare for the show and not have politics involved today? Mm-hmm. It's just insane trying mm-hmm. to get there. And it is. One of the best lines that I heard about, 
or I had, and I actually wrote it down. It did come from uh, Brian Westbury. Uh, he said, you know, even with all the different shutdowns and stuff that are happening and masks and doing this and that whole bit, he said the new shutdowns um, uh, are not widespread enough to alter the course of the macro economy. And I, I just love that line because it's so true. I mean, what's happening with uh, um, one city where they're shutting down bars and so forth, they're not changing or derailing the, 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 the marketplace. Um, I'm sorry, the economy. We continue to keep moving forward here. And I'm, I'm really proud of that fact as all of us united as Americans. I just had to say it in an election year. Well, it's interesting. I was reading an article this morning. Uh, you know, the, the big money guys, the, the, uh, the white shoe firms on Wall Street, uh, sometimes it, it appears that they really don't care. And we've talked about this on the show. They really don't care who's in power. They're going to do their thing. And Goldman Sachs, there's a story this morning mm-hmm. that the, the honchos at Goldman Sachs are already preparing for a Biden victory. And uh, what they will do during a Biden presidency as sure. opposed to a Trump presidency. Yeah. So, I well, mean, well, the, the, the big firms... I think the, the the old joke was politicians come and go, but the big money guys are around forever. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you think about it. Well, from the big money guys, they have to prepare for Biden because they already know what to expect from Trump. You know, if they if Biden doesn't win, they don't have to change anything, and they're going to be continue to keep going forward from uh, from money and expense. Biden's going to require some changes. You know, there's going to have to be some moving moving on their feet uh, relatively quickly, depending upon what happens not only with the Biden presidency, but then if the Senate flips as well. So we get all three houses, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to change, and there's going to be a lot of uh, changes that you're going to have to do, even uh, uh, potentially for individual investors. You still have to look at it and say, do we change some things um, and make some things differently? It's been a conversation probably for two weeks inside of my office, and maybe we should adjust that. And the biggest one is, you know, I'm afraid that if Biden gets in, taxes are going to go up and we're going to see the economy drop down. Is the stock market going to fail and fall apart? And I, I don't think so. Um you know, folks, I've said this before, and if, you, and if you're asking this question, here's my best guess and answer. The, the easiest place we have to look um, for that type of scenario is looking back in the Obama administration. And during the Obama administration, um, uh, we saw the sideways, or we saw the stock market not shoot up like a rocket, other than the, in my opinion, the correction of 2009, 2010. Um, but in here, we saw the market kind of go sideways. It didn't shoot up like a rocket. It just kind of went sideways. And why did that? Well, Tom, you still have to have your headphones. You still have to have a hat. You still need to have your coffee in the morning. We still need to have our our shoes made or milk produced. We still need to have our goods and services. And corporations and companies aren't going to do them for no profit. That's not the design. They're going to make money for producing the goods and services that we need across the country. That's still going to occur. Um, How much growth they have then is, I think, is dependent upon uh, what the tax policies and the policies are within an administration. Uh, whether it's uh, one side of the aisle or the other, and that's the part we have to look at. So, if we do that, you know, do we do more preparations? You know, some of our clients are saying, "Well, if I'm going to retire, I want to make sure I have some more guarantees. Are there places where I can get guaranteed income?" And the answer is yes. We may not be using them in the last few years because the marketplace is doing well, but maybe there's a time we look at that, for example. So, there's a lot of stuff we have to make some adjustments to um, um, if uh, the the marketplace starts coming down. Now, hopefully. Uh, what happens is that uh, maybe they get in and then we see the marketplace continue to keep expanding and go up. Uh, wouldn't that be wonderful if that happened? 715-845-2155. We need to take a break here. When we come back, an interesting article this morning about energy and uh, the energy situation around the world. We'll talk about that here as well. And uh, take your phone call, 715-845-2155. Back in a moment on WSAU. When was the last time you had a CT, MRI, or X-ray exam? 
Were you nervous or even scared? Routine radiology exams often cause many people fear and anxiety. Knowing what to expect and how to prepare can they get involved in the fight. WSAU and WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King along with Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. You know, we talk on the show a lot about energy, uh, and uh, you're, you're a big believer in gas and oil uh, sectors of the marketplace as part of your portfolio. But I want to go in a little different tact here. A story on CNBC this morning, uh, CNBC.com, about alternative energy stocks. And uh, the reading of this is uh, alternative energy stocks are on a tear this year as falling costs drive adoption of renewables. And while former president, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden's support of environmental policies would help the sector, Wall Street analysts say these stocks will continue to outperform, outperform no matter who takes the White House on Tuesday. Raymond James says momentum across clean tech is epic. Now, of course, you wouldn't look at Trump as an environmental president by any stretch of the imagination. He's rolled back dozens of policies during his four years in the White House. But the alternative energy sector, the stocks in that sector have continued to go up because of the uh, price coming down uh, of, of, of all of these things. In fact, the International Energy Agency noted in its annual report that solar is, quote, now the cheapest source of electricity in history. So where do you stand on, on alternative energy and clean tech stocks as part of a portfolio at this point in time? Because let's face it, regardless of who wins the election, regardless of who wins the next three or four elections, that's the direction we're going to be headed. Well, there's no doubt about it, as well as I think we're still going to go to electric cars. But but here's something in here I it, that drives me crazy about some of the stuff, and I'm sure we're, you're going to get some emails about this because I don't give my email. So if you have any questions, text Tom on this. <laughs> great, um, great. The, you know, even if we're producing something that's considered to be clean, it still has waste. You know, if we're going to build lithium batteries, we still have to get the lithium out of the ground. If we're going to build solar panels, um, we still have to create the stuff that's going to go inside a solar panel. So So that has to be the case. And so... Even if we, when we see, you know, uh, politicians say we're going to get rid of fossil, f- we we can't get rid of fossil fuels. It's not going to happen. We may reduce it, but if we have to have plastics, we have to have fossil fuels. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. The clothes that we're wearing, Tom has got plastics over. We both got plastic headphones on. That's fossil fuels. We can't get rid of it. So the realism just isn't there. Now, if we find a place to have it be cleaner, and now it starts making sense, I don't have an issue with it. I don't have an issue, Tom, with solar panels or having a solar panel array uh, up to uh, to power stuff uh, versus using a nuclear reactor or coal. I don't have an issue with it by any stretch of the imagination. And, that and was- if it's cheaper, we're going to find that's the direction that people are going to go. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that being the case. And that was the old argument against it is that it was it was too expensive. Uh, well, it was being and- financed by taxpayers for the longest time. But now... Yeah. Um- you know, people like J.P. Morgan, people like, as we mentioned, Raymond James, Baird, they're all saying that uh, wind and solar and hydrogen are here to stay owning to declining, owing to declining unit costs and sustainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, if you're forward looking, you need to look at alternative energy and clean tech as part of your portfolio and, and, and getting yeah. a bigger part of your portfolio sure. as we're going forward. Yeah. And, and you're finding that uh, throughout the, the, the course of the investment uh, uh, portfolios, whether it's inside of mutual funds or anything else. I mean, Think about it, Tom. If uh, if we get hydrogen cells uh, to work beautifully inside of cars, and uh, we have hydrogen cells versus anything else, where the waste product is water, um, you know what's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. And if we have the ability to do that, why not go forth and do that sort of stuff? 
You know, well, the, the so. people the people that would uh, di- argue with you is the pe- are the people that hold are holding heavily in oil and and you know sure. old old type energy stocks. Well, you know, I, th- I think the, the the usage of fuel that we had before, I don't think is going to be the same. Um, first of all, um, um, we can we can manufacture so inexpensively in America now as far as fossil fuel goes. Um, uh, with the fracking in the various places, we can create fuel pretty easily. We're self-sufficient. We're not relying upon the head east, which, whether you believe it or not, folks, uh, us being self-reliant has changed how we look at the Middle East and how we do things. I mean, it's and it's changed the Middle East because we don't have to rely upon their fuel anymore. Um, um, and and the, one of the cleanest of the fuels is natural gas. And as the old term goes, we're the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. And I think that's where the big direction is going to go. Um, but it's always going to be there, but it's going to change, Tom. You know, so we need to have the what's called the they call it the liquids when you start pulling natural gas and oil out. And the liquids is all your ethanes and methanes and that whole bit, which you need for plastics. We still need to have all that sort of stuff if we're building all the other alternatives for uh, for. Well, fuel. I think the idea be part of it. I think the idea is to get away from that line from the graduates. Uh, the futures in plastics. I think eventually we would like to get away from manufacturing plastics that clog up landfills for thousands of years and don't uh, biodegrade and all of that stuff. I, you know, where I think is going to come from this, um, I read an article, article some time ago. Uh, there's a couple of firms that have done it, and I didn't know this until the time. Um, if we went through and we scooped up the plastics inside of the ocean, um, you can actually make diesel fuel out of it. Um, and uh, it's, it's really not difficult to do. You just have to get the equipment ready to do it. It's just with a mountain of compression, but you can actually make diesel fuel out of all that plastics. You know what? And that doesn't seem like all that bad of a plan. Again, it just has to be cost effective to get there. It can't cost more than to do it than it costs to use the to use the parts. But um, uh, just like cooking oil, Tom, you can get a diesel and make it smell like a French fry. Mm-hmm. Cooking oil. What's wrong all with right. that? Let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Good morning. This is Tom calling. Hi, morning, Tom. You're on roll. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, on those uh, solar panels, what's the return on investment on a solar panel? When you uh, look at what is used to make those panels, it is hazardous waste when you have to get rid of it. And you worry about plastic. Did you know that every piece of glass that's been made in eternity is still on this earth? Is there a big problem with glass also? I think this is just uh, its crazy. Well, Tom, uh, you know, Tom, you're, you're hitting right on my point in here. And, and, I, and I don't know what the return is on, on uh, solar power versus something else and that whole bit. But... You know, there, there's so many people who believe that we're going to have clean energy. Well, clean energy doesn't exist. I mean, it just doesn't. No matter what you're going to do to create energy, there's going to be a waste of something or something's going to have some sort of environmental impact. No matter what you do, that's the way it's going to be. Um, unless we're going to live our lives, uh, you know, getting scrap wood from the forest and well, uh, burning just, that out of the furnace. You just suggested uh, the uh, the energy that creates water as a waste product. That certainly is better but than— you still have to build the cells. Yeah. And All so, right. you know, from that, you still have some sort of a waste. All right. Waste. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 715-845-2155. We need to take a break here. I had a question from a listener uh, listening online about the national debt. And when we come back, mm-hmm. maybe we can kick that around a little bit. We've got some news on the way. Back in a moment here on WSAU. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more, Stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. 
And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King along with Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Folks, the opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, account, financial advisor, or somebody else, tax advisor, I guess, uh, prior to investing. <laughs> you don't have this thing memorized yet, do you? No, I, I looked at the for words. Over 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> this show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through HBAC Incorporated. Remember FINRA SIPC, HBAC Incorporated, Kelts and Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. I've got that same problem doing uh, commercial reads on my high school uh, sports broadcasts. Uh, yeah. The same commercials, you know, for years. And I still have to look at the paper to read them. I, 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 I know them. But if I don't have the paper in front of me as a crutch, it's it's oh, hard, yeah. to, hard to remember. This is terrible. Had a, uh, had a had a a question from a listener online um, about the national debt. She says, "Can the national debt be ignored completely? Saying the economy is booming, it's almost like some parents bragging about how well their adult children are doing, spending, spending, living in a McMansion, great jobs, great income, and forget to mention that there are a million dollars in debt with terrible credit. Uh, terrible credit." Uh, that could be the U.S. at this point in time. The national debt has never been higher. So you say the economy I, I, is the economy is doing yeah. well. Uh, how does that relate to what, what the national debt is sitting at? You know, first of all, and I don't remember what uh, the girl's name was, but uh, uh, in this, this article, first of all, I don't like the national debt either. But the thing that we have the national debt at, at least makes it palatable, and I'm just using that as the best term I can, is that interest rates are so low. So I don't know precisely where it is exactly, but if we look at a 20-year note, uh, we're able to take this debt and finance it out 20 years at such a low interest rate. Um, um, and I think, I want to say it's like 1.6 or 1.9, I think it is. It might be a little bit more on a 20-year note. So don't quote me on that. That's not the part. But the whole thing is that, um, in theory, if our uh, GDP is larger than the national debt, we're expanding by what the cost of the national debt is, we should be able to pay it off. And so when we're at such a low interest rate, um, um, we're doing pretty good. I don't think we see much of an issue that happened. Now, if we were having to finance this stuff at 5 and 7%, we would be SOL. And if you don't know what that is, ask the person next to you. We'd really have some issues. So I do have a problem with our politicians, both sides of the bleeding aisle, by the way, folks. We we're talking about we need to have a, a, you know, a bailout and a stimulus for, the, uh, um, uh, for what's going on in COVID. And by the way, I agree we should. But when they're talking about, well, we want to do it $3 trillion, you're insane. And make it for what people need, not all those different bailouts. And even when you see uh, Pelosi coming and say, we want $3 billion, and you see the Republican side and the, on the Senate saying, we want $550 billion. You have President Trump saying, well, I'm okay with the $3 billion. No, make it as small as possible. We still have to pay that stuff back in our grandkids and our great-grandkids. Even though we're financing at such a lower rate, a trillion dollars is a lot of bleeding money. And so I think they really need to watch that. 715-845-2155 is the number to call here if you have a question from Earl. So the national debt doesn't go away, just to, but we can finance it cheap as the summer. I have a, um, our listener talked about a, a private company. I asked if it was publicly, publicly traded, and she said no. Uh, it's a company called Applied Bioplastics. And we were talking about uh, earlier what is the future of plastics uh, and uh, the suggestion being that this company has a way, as you mentioned, maybe taking the plastics out of the oceans and turning them into diesel fuel, this company mm -hmm. is is working to take plastics and old-time technology and turn it into new, cleaner technologies uh, as opposed to stuff that's going to stick around in the landfills for, you know, thousands of yeah. years. It, 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 you know, the beautiful part about that is is we can do that. We there's we can do so much with plastics and redoing the plastics now. And I just know this because I have friends in our industry. 
But the problem is it costs more to do that than it does to make new stuff. Um, and so somewhere along the way, we have to find a way to make it so that it's cost effective like anything else. You know, we you just talked about, Tom, where solar power is coming down. So it's one of the cheapest units of uh, producing electricity. And that's fantastic. Once we find that that's one of the cheapest units of making electricity, we're going to see a lot more of it. And that's okay. And so the recycling or the repurposing of plastics and be able to use it and get rid of the waste that's out there, um, fantastic. But we got to get the price down. I mean, there was a time when nobody or very few people could afford computers because they were so expensive. The mm-hmm. price point came down, and now everybody, of course, has a computer or yeah. almost and everybody. And now our cell phones, almost the computers. Yeah, our, our cell phones have more power than the computers we had 30 years ago. If you had a young a homeowner, say a young couple buying their first home or buying, you know, buying a home at a young age, say they're in their 20s or 30s, would you advise them at this point in time to look seriously at energy like solar panels, like uh, like renewables, yeah. things like that? Yeah, um, we're we're looking at uh, you know building a, the, the place up north. You know, the, so um, eventually, folks, I I want to spend uh, uh, more nights uh, up north uh, than I and, and do in town. I love Wassa, but I really really love up north. So we want to build something. So. I have, you know, I got married this year, folks, as you both know, and uh, we had uh, his and hers houses. Now it's going to come to one, so we're going to build the place up north. And, Tom, it's one of the things I looked at and said, you know, would it make sense for us to put some uh, some solar shingles in, um, some of this sort of stuff to create some extra solar power? And I'll, you know, drop the bill. I thought about do we want to, you know, do, um, uh, you know, some sort of, oh, God, I can't think of the term, where we uh, geo something where they compress the water coming out of the ground and bring it back up. Uh, geothermal, blah, blah, nuclear. And that's not really it. I can't think of the name, but you're just throwing terms out there now. I'm just trying to make the thing (laughs) stick. Let's go, let's go to the phone here. What's what's my name? Oh no, that's Biden. Sorry. (laughs) They're gone. All right. So so, so we're looking at the house. We're looking at ourselves and saying, you know, do we want to do some of this technology and uh, kind of build the house that has some of the stuff in another thing we're doing, Tom is, uh, I'm looking at having a closet in a space, uh, that that closet has a hole that goes to the first floor for an elevator. Uh-huh. We're thinking about this stuff already. You know? <laughs> an elevator in the palatial Kelch estate in northern Wisconsin. It's a trailer well, in the woods you're going to put an elevator in? Well, no, this is on the place we're building. Oh, okay. So it's, it's right. at some point in time, if I can't go up and down, uh, we'll put an elevator chute. We'll just build it in and do it later maybe. Yeah, no, the, the trailer's always going to be the trailer. That That's never going to be a, a palatial estate. One of, the, one of the things we haven't talked about in a while, one of the uh, products, I, I guess you would say, or substances that we haven't talked about in a while that can take the place of plastic in many cases is hemp. And uh, do you still look at the companies that are dealing in in, in, uh, in the, the growing of hemp, the producing of hemp, and the selling of hemp products uh, as, a, as a part of something that may be going to get bigger as we go through? I have not, Tom, but that's a pretty good idea. Um, you know, hemp as far as... Uh, we can't, I, I, mean, I, can't, I keep reading these things saying that hemp can be used to manufacture dozens and dozens and dozens of products. Well, and that's take the, the reason hemp has been around for right, a long time. Right. I mean, and it's of course it got lumped in with marijuana, which it's not, yeah. and that that was one of the problems why nobody grows it any, or very few people grow it anymore, and why we don't see it used more often. What I thought was amazing is he wanted to have the uh, the low THC hemp growing inside of uh, Wisconsin. Uh, wasn't there a problem with it? They couldn't get the THC down with the strains that they had had. Um, I think there was something with that, but. But, you know, clothing, this kind of stuff is just, you know, ropes and fibers. I mean, it's just enormously durable. You you look at the ropes that go around on, on ships, folks, a lot of them are still hemp because the stuff is just so durable across there, everything. But there's so many compounds inside of them. I'm sure that they you know, can find what's in there and, and so many of them that are not found anyplace else. Um, 
don't have a problem with it. I mean, if we can do some stuff that's plant-based, fantastic. Are there mutual funds out there that basically look are forward-looking at stuff like this and bundle together companies in a, in a mutual fund that look at cutting-edge technologies and, and things that they think are going to become more well, prevalent as we go through? The answer is yes. Um, but here, here's what I find. I mean, there's there's some funds that are out there, uh, the Calvert family of funds, and I'm, I'm not telling you to go out and buy them, folks, and I'm saying that name, but the Calvert family of funds tries to have funds that are socially responsible, more green than that, but they try to find it. But, but what you tend to find is that um, there's not enough population of companies to make something like that really, really viable. And it really kind of comes down to is when does that company, um, whether it's going to be you know using some sort of a uh, bio recovery, um, something of this nature, when um, do they have a point that it actually becomes profitable? You know, I hate to keep saying the term profit, but that's what's going to drive the engine. You know, it's not going to be, well, it's going to be a great idea if a third of our uh, money is, is uh, coming from credits from uh, the federal government. The federal government might in that way be able to spark an economy to go, but eventually it's got to be able to stand on its own two feet. And so when that occurs then is when you start to see uh, these companies continue to grow forward. And, I, you know, sound like the, the mean old capitalist, but you know what? That's the way it's going to go. Um, it's either going to be taxpayer dollars or it's got to stand on its own two feet. And I'm great with all this technology. You know, the technology is fantastic if they can do it. You know, Tom, I would love nothing more that all these plastic bottles we're seeing all over the place. And, and uh, you know, when I've traveled, you see all the plastic bags and plastic bottles, which are just absolutely disgusting me, just rolling all over the countryside. I'd rather have that that it's going to be used rather than rolling around the countryside causing damage and environmental issues. I'd rather have something happen with it. Uh, until that time, I don't know what the answer is. But if we can do this and, and these companies can do it at, a, at a, a place that they can be sustainable, fantastic. It makes sense to me. All right, let's take a call here. Good morning. Who are we talking? Whoa, hello. That sounded like it was coming from the depths of the earth. It was sort of like, uh, you know. I think it was Space Force. The Exorcist or something on this yeah, Halloween. There's some people from Space Force right. calling us from NASA. 715-845-2155. We'll take a break. Come back with more. If you have a question from Earl, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. Now, this day. Here's Chris Conley. There was once a blacksmith who cheated his For a child battling a critical illness, a wish come true can be a turning point. Make-A-Wish needs your support to grant the wish of every eligible child. Learn more and help grant more life-changing wishes at wish.org. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King, Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates in Wausau. Let's go to the phone this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? My name is Bill. Hey, Bill. You're on with Merle. Go ahead. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. I have a follow-up question on this money that we borrow. Who do we borrow it from? Who's the beneficiary of the interest? And... Is that kind of a term that can be changed around and say we're really going to cut the value of your dollar and we don't know that, or what's the story? I'll hang up and listen to you on here. All right, thanks. Well, thanks, Bill. That's about eight questions, and that's okay. Um, you know, the, the term is, well, we just print more money. It really doesn't quite work that way. So what the Federal Reserve does is, is and, and I'm making up a number here, folks, just for the sake of ease, Bill. Let's say the Federal Reserve decides, oh, we need a billion dollars for this week to help finance stuff. And so what they do then is they literally go out and they do a reverse auction. And so they say of the billion dollars, who wants to buy a billion dollars at uh, um, 100% of the value value we're having, meaning no interest? Well, nobody. Okay, so who wants to buy it at 99.5% uh, so it has a half a percent interest? They just keep going down until enough of our treasury bills are purchased to cover the amount of the debt that we need uh, throughout the course of that. So they'll have that for you know one year, two year, five year, 10 year, 20, 30s, and, and they'll have that debt. 
And so a, a lot of times you'll see that, you know, the um, the, the bonds are actually going to trade for, you know, 97% or 98% or 95%, whatever the case may be. And that spread then um, is what the profit is. So it becomes a reverse auction. So the money is purchased all over the world for the United States. So it's, you know, banks, uh, individuals, it's uh, corporations, it's other world governments. So they're purchasing that debt is where it comes from. So we don't just simply say, well, we're going to make up some money. It really doesn't quite work that way. Um, and I don't remember the other part of it, but I hope that helps where the money comes from. So the interest um, that is earned goes to the people that buy the bonds. Who pays for it? You and I as taxpayers, uh, we pay that interest for our taxes as we're paying those bonds and, and uh, repaying those bonds back and so forth as time goes on. Do we care who we sell them to? Because, you know, the old argument was, well, China owns us and they can control our yeah, economy no. by calling them all in. And that doesn't it doesn't work that way, does it? No, it, no. it doesn't. Um, China doesn't, it, and you know what, it, it, China has a whole bunch of our, our currency, and they don't have it because they want it. Their GDP and interest rates are much higher than ours. And, and, uh, and you know, they have our currency, Tom, because they need it to stabilize their own. So uh, what countries find is that if they hold a whole bunch of dollars, it stabilizes their currency back to the United States, and it stabilizes their money because their currency is backed by the amount of debt, uh, about the debt that they hold in the United States and the amount of money that they hold in ours. And you know what? In the U.S., it's the same thing with other countries. Uh, the United States, as a government, we own a whole bunch of yen. I guarantee we own a whole bunch of uh, yuan. Uh, we own a bunch of euro, so we own currency all over the place. It helps stabilize and make sure that the currencies are less volatile and trading back and forth. So uh, the, the currency, I think, was the second part of that. The currency evaluation goes up and down more from a trading standpoint uh, than that thing as far as the value goes up and down. Um, I had heard recently somebody said, well, geez, our currency is going down in value, um, and, and I, I kind of get a little excited about that. One, it's not going to go down permanently. It's not going to devalue itself in half. But when our currency comes down, it makes the price of our goods and services around the rest of the world cheaper, and it helps manufacturing or helps our manufacturing process. You know, so we can build our widgets a lot cheaper and sell them around the world. So it isn't necessarily a a, a bad thing if we see currency come down a little bit. Now it starts having and then having again. We got a you know systemic problem, but at this point in time, we just don't see. I mean, isn't this one of the reasons why the Federal Reserve is supposed to be apolitical? That it's supposed to be above politics, and that whenever you hear a president. Uh, demanding things from the Federal Reserve, it's right for the Federal Reserve to say, not so fast, we've got this, this is what we do, yes. and uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's the way it's supposed to work, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and it does work that way. You know, um, uh, you, you look at it, um, Powell, in my opinion, is doing it what he should be doing, and the president's doing what he should, he should be doing. He should be trying to influence and get this going. Um, um, uh, but as, as we know, I, I, I love what our president does, but the stuff that he comes out of his mouth sometimes drives me nuts. Um, but I think our Federal Reserve is doing a pretty good job, and I think it has uh, pretty continually for a long time. I think it's done a real nice job from a Federal Reserve standpoint. Now, some people think the Federal Reserve shouldn't be there, I and mean, I absolutely think that it should. But that's my That's opinion. an argument for another day. We only that's have a few minutes left day. here today. Yeah. We're almost done already. 715-845-2155. No, we've got a few minutes left. Is there anything oh, else that uh, that uh, you heard from any of your clients? Well, first of all, I just want to make a little bit of an observation that occurred. So this week was just volatile as all heck. And if you haven't noticed inside of the stock market, just wait until you see your statement for the end of the month. Um, so we had volatility, and we, we said it two weeks ago that we're going to be really volatile coming into this election. And it is. And it's, it's been absolutely crazy. 
But what tends to happen is that when you have stuff that people actually have with conviction, they think the world's falling apart. If you have a couple of volatile days, you'll see people sell off as the weekend comes. They'll just sell everything off. You'll see a really big volatile day on Friday coming into the weekend. And the whole theory behind this, people don't want to hold on to any positions they thought were risky over the course of the weekend. Because, of course, there's still trading that goes on after our market closes. We still have the other markets that open afterwards. So they don't want to do that. And, and we didn't have that happen yesterday. Though at some points we were down you know, nearly 500 points yesterday inside of the marketplace. At the end of the day, we just had a tremendous sharp drive up in the marketplace, and we only ended up down 55. And that shows me that there's still a bunch of strength in the marketplace, and there's a bunch of cash out there sitting on the lines, uh, sitting on the sidelines. And I think we got to wait to see what happens on, on Tuesday, and then hopefully we have an indication who the president will be. Um, and so from there, we have the ability then to uh, – uh, have the marketplace make some predictions. You know, it's interesting. I hear all I hear all kinds of different uh, theories about what's going to happen that we won't know for days or weeks, but we could know early if Florida goes a particular way. Uh, could know early in the evening what's going to be happening. I don't, I don't think anybody knows at this point because there are so many votes out there, so many more votes than we have ever seen before. It's mm-hmm. the highest vote voter turnout in a hundred years. That's crazy for this election. It, it, it really is, and I'm really happy to see that. By the way, it really you is. Know, Tom, I, what I do on, on Tuesday night when we have an election like this is I uh, take a couple of bottles of bottles of wine and set them down and put my feet up, and I just sit there with an iPad and I sit there with a couple of bottles of wine and I just relax. And I get to do that this year time. because normally I'm out covering one of the uh, headquarters, <laughs> but this year with COVID nineteen, there won't I'll be, be texting you. There won't be yeah. any parties, uh, you know, <laughs> out there. Uh, yeah. With a lot of people hanging about, so well, I, I'll send you texts and let you know, you know, what I think along the way. So I'm, uh, I'm sure you will. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure you won't be alone. There'll be plenty of other people that will be doing that as well. <laughs> as, or if it goes in the other direction, maybe they won't. Uh, we'll see what happens. But seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five. We've got time for another phone call here. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hi, uh, Suzanne from Wisconsin Rapids. Hey, Suzanne, Hi, you're Suzanne, out. How are you? I had a quick question. Sure. I, are we to make a big deal out of this big GDP number of 33? Yes. Because, you know, I was just kind of thinking, guys, that, you know, oh, I'd say maybe 10 years ago, how you know how sometimes you don't know what a number means, but you know what it means when it goes up and down? Yeah. And it was like 3.5. And then yeah. one time it was, whoa, it was 4. But yeah. now it's 33. Now I'm hoping this is really good for our economy. Well, what what it is 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 by the way, 3.5 and 4 are huge numbers, and some uh, some preliminary expectations are for the fourth quarter is going to be 4.3, and that's still huge. The 30, the, 33 uh-huh. is we're getting uh-huh. back. 33 is everything is, that we lost. In yeah, the second we're quarter, we're, right? we're essentially recovering what fell apart when we shut the economy off, and so that was a thing oh, really? that people are looking for is just saying, okay, so the economy came down and and. and and I, 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 pardon me, uh, Susan, but I think I think it was like thirty five something. Or yeah, it came we, down thirty five. Came in down the like thirty five, and we jumped back up now the thirty three. So for all practical okay. purposes, don't get me wrong, we're not exactly up to where we were, um, but mm-hmm. it shows very clearly we've had a V shaped recovery, um, and so okay, that a bunch of the drop in the economy has recovered back, and so now we have more of a, a normalization to it, and saying, okay, now how do we grow from here? The the big drop is done, the big jump is done. And so now we have a normalized growth. And so if you see a 3.5 or a 4, you just put a smile on your face because that's fantastic. That's great. That's where oh, the number to be. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, market down this week. It's been up and down. We've got, uh, what, about uh, eight weeks left in 2020. The odds of a year-end comeback for the market uh, from what we've been seeing here recently. Pretty good. Yeah? You think yeah. so? Well, I mean, you think about it this way. 
First of all, you're going to have a whole bunch of people that are excited that uh, that their president is going to change the whole world and make the place a better place. <laughs> it doesn't matter which side of the aisle, and I'm yeah. not picking on one side versus the other. But uh-huh. You get that uh, sort of a excitement, enthusiasm comes in, and so so that's tend to be the case. And we're expanding, Tom. I mean, you know, we're we're still continuing to keep moving forward, and I predict, Tom. All right, you heard it here. I predict we have the best Christmas we've ever had as far as sales go, but it's going to all be online, or the bulk of it. I think it's going to be the best Christmas we've ever had really? as far as sales go. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because there's just a tremendous amount of cash that's still floating around out there. Uh, people are realizing people a couple are so, things. People are so bored from being stuck inside and not being and able have to go this, out. And, and we're talking about this, the COVID uh, fatigue, uh, COVID fatigue, yeah. COVID hangover, whatever. People are saying, well, I'm just going to go out and get it and be done. Uh, and I've, <laughs> no, and we I've don't, heard we don't, this. We don't want you to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> do not just I'm go not out and get that, it. I'm not saying that. I'm this is what people are doing. I, I, I understand. Gotcha. I, I, okay, understand. So, I understand. I understand. Yeah, I mean, I don't have it, and if you have it, don't come give it to me. I I know I'm going to get it at some point in time. I just want to wait till my knees fix. Then no, I'm okay, Tom. No, okay, give it to me then. All right, hey, we're out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Monday, you can stop in Third Avenue and Bridge Street. Stop on in, kick the tires, say hello and hi, and uh, you can come in and have some of Mary's coffee. If Mary's listening on here, we were teasing her about it last night. Um, if you need some etching done on your car, come get some of Mary's coffee, and you could just do some etching and maybe some. And it, it's great coffee, but it's got some kick. Folks. You know, I graduated. Okay. I graduated from high school with high, from high school yeah, with Mary. Did. And uh, did she and, make coffee back then? I don't. I don't remember that. No, <laughs> at least not the kind of coffee you talk about. No. All right, you can give us a call seven one five eight four nine thirty six hundred outside the Wassa area, toll free at eight six six three five five fifty one hundred. Or find us online at kelchinassociates.com. All right. We'll talk to you again down the road. Uh, Mike Leister will be here in my chair next week. Uh, and Merle will be here as well, taking your questions. We've got the news on the way. The polka shows are coming up as well, all right here on WSAU. Are you struggling with vision loss as you get older? Do you have a child who is blind or 